Everybody. Welcome to the Field Cross Revival Podcast. I am your host, George. And with me today on the ads is my man, Savage Lester. What's up, dude? What's up, Austin? How are you, sir? I'm great, man. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, everything's good with you? Everything's great with me, man. Yeah? yeah. I, I see you've been killing it with the camera. I mean, let's, well, just, let's just be honest Let's not ourselves. get carried away, though. You're, you're doing really well. Thank you, man. I'm proud I really of you. Enjoy. We just got back from Easter Jeep Safari as well. Yeah, how was that? It was fun, man. We uh, I took, like, legit, like, 1,800 photos while Damn. yeah a lot of photo so i got some good ones i got some yeah. really, really bad ones do you guys too. do are you guys doing like a video for any, anything uh, like that? yeah we'll try to do something some highlights uh, or some highlights yeah like just kind of talking about the experience yeah so we're sponsored we got some great sponsors right we do now. some great ones you know the first one we're, we're going to talk about is triarch systems you can find them at triarchsystems.com they're a great company mm-hmm. they're owned by a, a veteran yep he's a ex-navy seal You've been working them for what? I don't know. I mean, They've been here for since a while, the like two years. Yeah, yeah it's been great. Yeah. But they have custom-built rifles, custom-built Glocks, custom-built Tri-11s. Um, you know, you go on their site, and you'll see the quality that, that they put in their, their their weapon systems. You see the the time they put in. You see the parts they put in. You can build your own. So there's like a, a menu where you go in, and, and you start from your barrel all the way down to your trigger. Yep. So I mean, you can customize your that rifle for you, how you shoot, how you operate. You can build a truck gun, you can build a home defense gun, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, myself, I have a fourteen, I think it's a fourteen point five, and I, you know, it, it's it's a workhorse, man. It doesn't yeah. jam; it just works. Yeah. And it's like a I, I tell everybody every time I do this ad for Triarch is like, I'm gonna give that rifle to my son. You know what I mean? That's yeah, a it's seriously. gonna get passed down because it's just a just a great rifle yeah workhorse is a good word for oh me. yeah and we have the the, the, the tri 11s with the flat trigger mm-hmm. those things are just mm. it, when you hold it it's like man i want to shoot some stuff i you know, know? <laughs> <laughs> I know. but yeah check them out triarch systems triarchsystems.com we have a coupon code for five percent off and it's fieldcraft f-i-e-l-d-c-r-a-f-t for five percent off fieldcraft so go check them out triarchsystems.com you won't be disappointed Next up, we have Uncana. Uncana is a CBD, all-natural company. Once again, veteran-owned. Um, I use it. I use the drops. I use the salve. Um, and that's pretty much all I really need to use it for. I put it on my neck, my shoulder, my back. My wife uses it. Um, you know, it, it has all kind of uh, just, it's natural. So salve is legit. Yes. It's like, you know, like, um, like I used to use tiger bomb yeah and tiger yep. bomb was like it, but it gives you tiger bomb only gives you that like little like, that like surface yeah but this yeah. stuff it like it gets it's inside different. it's kind of yeah. weird how good it it really yeah. works so i mean like the, with the new with the new cbd craze and everything you know people are, are not educated and that's the thing you have to educate yourself on these things that are out like it's an all natural you know product so it's not like it's not yeah, you're not putting all that. Yeah, you're not like all there. these pills, and you yeah. don't even know what you're even reading when you're reading the, those labels. But um, when you yeah. turn it around and you read like four ingredients, yeah, you're like, exactly. Oh, I know what all these things yeah. are. Like, and it, I mean, it, I got that North Carolina education, yeah. so I don't have like a whole lot of uh, you know a wide vocabulary. But oh, I, I know. I can read the ingredients and I know what they are. I yeah. feel good about it. And, and if, like the best thing about it is like you know it, it works for inflammation for me, mm-hmm. so it's going to work differently with everybody. So that's the thing you have to just educate yourself go to uncana.com 
My man has all the education on there. It has the dosings on there. Anything that you can think of if you're new to it. Um, but I tell you what, it does work, and you just have to take it. Like anything else, you have to get in that cycle of yeah. taking it daily and That'd getting in that habit. But, yeah, check them out. Uncanna.com. Use code FIELDCRAFT, F-I-E-L-D-C-R-A-F-T, to get 10% off every single order. That's pretty good. Really I'll take good. 10% off any day. Oh, yeah. Anything to save money. There's no such thing as a bad discount. No, man. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so next up, we have Hardhead Veterans. You can find them at hardheadveterans.com. They are a ballistic helmet company. They are NIJ3A rated with additional up armor options that safety, safely stops 5.56 and 7.62 by 39. You also get a 10-year warranty. You get free exchanges in return. So if you get your helmet, if it doesn't fit right or there's a pad missing or a buckle's broke, you just give it back to them and they'll, and they'll fix it for you. That's how easy it is. You got multi-layered pad systems. I know we had, I have a, a hard head veteran helmet and you put it on, man. I wish I had these back in the day yeah. when I was in. Yeah. It just makes sense. It's cut right. You can hear, yeah. you're protected, yeah. you know, all those things. So, if you, you know, if you're thinking about, you know, as veterans, we get what you do. Yeah. And you don't, and you won't find a better customer service team than you will at Hardhead Veterans. Trust me. It's a life-saving piece of equipment. So, they're going to put that time and effort in. They're going to make sure that you as a customer get all the information you need. You get serviced. You get, you get taken care of. And that's what it is when you have a, you know, a business. I want to be taken care of. Yeah. I mean, Seriously. you know, this is an investment. I look mm -hmm. at, you know, like I want to be serviced. Yeah. I look at guns. <laughs> I look at armor. Those are all investments because they're not cheap. <laughs> and, you know, we're sitting here in this time, this uncertain time. Everyone says, this is crazy times, man. You got to be ready. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, listen, if you're in the market for a, a great ballistic helmet, check out Hardhead Veterans. You can find them at hardheadveterans.com. Use code FIELDCRAFT. Simple, F-I-E-L-D-C-R-A-F-T, for $15 off. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fieldcraft Survival Podcast. I'm your host, George, and with me today, I have Nate Kuhana from Anthem Snacks. He is the CEO and owner. Welcome, Nate. I appreciate it. It's good to be here. So how's, how's everything going? Everything's awesome, man. Yeah? It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's been quite a year, but it's, it's nice to get out to Utah. I'm trying to get out surrounding areas, you know, from Montana, Idaho, everything. So it's, it's been good to see everything. And you guys have a beautiful backdrop, obviously. Oh, thank obviously. you. Yeah, we try. We try. So uh, give us a little background of yourself, where you're from, kind of starting out. What, you know, who is Nate? Yeah. I feel like that's a loaded question, but <laughs> never feel great about answering that myself. But yeah, so I'm originally from Texas, um, grew up there. I, uh, I joined the military in 2003. I got out 09, did some contract work like most people. What did you do when you were in? Uh, I, was, I was in 3rd Special Forces Group, and then I was 18 Bravo. Nice. I did some of the ASOT stuff, some of the other different mm -hmm. uh, stuff. I was on the Halo team. Um, Great experience. Yeah. Awesome experience. Where, have you, did you go down range? Like where were you? Where were uh, yeah, did a, did a couple tours in Afghanistan and then um, training some other places. Yeah. But yeah, pretty much Afghanistan. That nice. was kind of in the, the middle of like what I like to think of was like good times. <laughs> yeah. So you kind of like you did your time, you, you checked that block. And then what was kind of like your what was your decision to get out and, and move on from the military? Yeah, you know, it was tough. Um, and, and a lot of it's team dependent. Uh, so when I got out, my last tour, I actually got, I got wounded. And then when I came back, you know, I could tell it was, things were not exactly the same for mm -hmm. me. 
And then I really had to make a decision. And then I'm looking around at the team and kind of, you know, each in, each team is, even though you wear, you know, I was on 384, for example, and that is your team and, mm -hmm. and there's sentimental, sentimental value there. But, but at the end of the day, it's really who comprises of that team, the individuals. And I lost my team leader. I lost my, uh, my team sergeant. They both moved on. And then we lost our warrant, the, the rotation before that, which was kind of my mentor. Mm -hmm. And so I'm looking around, the team's very young. And I'm figuring out, because I came in, I joined pretty late. Um, well, I don't want to say pretty late, but I was 22 or 23 when I joined. So now I'm approaching 30, and I'm like, I'm either going to do this for the rest of my life, right. or I need to get into something else because, you know, my window of, like, learning some new skill set is, is kind of diminishing. Did you, uh, did you come right in as a, at the x-ray program? I did. Nice. What I was did. that, like, what was that experience for you? Because you get, I mean, a lot of people that I've met, uh, you know, they've always had, they had like, they were 11 Bravo. They were in right. second Ranger Regiment. What was that experience like for you coming in, like straight out the street and it's like, <laughs> boom, you're going into, you know, special forces training. The whole thing was, it, it was, uh, it was crazy to be honest. So I was, I was in college, um, actually studying abroad in Paris, I believe at the time nice. when 9-11 hit. Mm -hmm. And for the first time, I mean, I'm looking around, I'm like, holy crap, man. Like. You know, I mean, like like everybody at that time, you're just like, what can I do, right? right. Like, and and to see the to, to see what the world thought of us, to see it through somebody else's lens, which was you know French people, mm -hmm. and just how much it meant freedom, everything else, um, it was compelling. And so when I got home, uh, I still had to graduate college. I got home, Iraq War was then kicking off, and I remember watching something on TV, and you're seeing some guys with beards on horses, mm -hmm. and you're like. That doesn't look like what you typically see, right. you know what I mean? So I didn't know exactly what it was, um, but I knew I wanted to join. So I actually went to sign up to be a Marine officer. Mm -hmm. And I went in there, I was like, I'm ready to do this. And the guy was like, great, you know, let's sign up. And I was like, okay, when do I, when do I go? And he's like, the, the wait list was like six months. And I was, like, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm ready to go right now. Right, yeah. <laughs> and the guy looked at me, he's like, you think you're the only one ready to go? Everybody's <laughs> ready to go, you know? Yeah. And it kind of hit me, it was like, it was humbling, right? You're just like, man, okay, well, what are my options at that point? Uh, because I knew I wanted to do that. I wanted to do something meaningful. So I went down to the next one, which was like the Navy recruiting office. And uh, it just so happened the Army recruiting office was in the same like little strip mall. Mm -hmm. So I was like, let's go here in both. And it really just came down to who the uh, the recruiter was. And, and this guy was like pitching hard. Like he's right. showing, you know, all the cool guy videos. And, and to be, you know, he's like a mechanic, you know right. what I mean? Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. And he's telling me about this program, and I'm looking at him like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, you're telling me <laughs> you're going to take me right off the street, right? and I'm going to do that? And he's like, he's like, yeah, you could do it. And I was like, well, how many people have done it? And he, he was like, well, in, you know, I'm, I'm from Houston. He's like, well, technically nobody's done it yet. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, there's, some, there's a few guys in the pipeline, but nobody's made it through. I was like, well, what happens if you don't make it through? And he's like well you know you go where kind of where the army needs you so it's it's a it's a five-year contract you mm -hmm. sign up and i was like i thought look they had to come out with this program for a reason right right this wasn't here to send people to korea and do you know they're looking for people and it made sense to me because you're getting mostly at least the guys i came in with college educated guys that have a, which have a background so they're a little bit you know they're mature they come up with a different skill set a little life experience yeah a little life experience and you know pretty athletic and, and mm -hmm. whatnot, right? So I signed up and I was like, let's do this. You know, at least I'm fine trying anything. Right. Um, I'd rather fail and know, hey, I just wasn't cut from that cloth. That's that's totally fine. But 
And, you that have take, a, and that takes a special kind of person to realize like, okay, if I don't, if I fail at this, it's not the end of the world. Like, like some people fail like a, like their PT test and it's like, they yeah. go off the deep end. It's like, dude, it's a, it's a PT test. Like That's it right. was in your day. That's right. Like you can take it the next week. Like, yeah. The and army you know, was so funny about that. It was like, man, like chill. It's a piece no, of paper. Right. You know what I you're mean? You're right. Like, and you know, when you're, when you're 20, when you're in your early twenties and look, I had it good in my life, you know what I mean? Yep. So you don't really know what you're made of. Oh you yeah. Know? No. You don't really know what you're made of. What you know is you're going to be, you have this certain time to work, to be a productive person in society working. And you could sit behind a desk from age 30 to 90, you know, 70 mm -hmm. or, or do it from 20 to 70. Right. It didn't matter. But, but the window to do a physically challenging thing, you know, you don't have that forever. Yeah. And I think all those variables, which is, you know, obviously what was going on in the country at that time um, and looking across and saying, well, let's see what we're made of. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I kind of signed up for that. Didn't know what I think we entered with, you know, the, the typical numbers, right? You enter with like a hundred people and whoever makes it through selection and all that. And you go through what they call the, you know, the Q course, uh, you go through selection and then you go through the Q course. And so two years later, I'm, I'm showing up to a team and man, my team is just, I'm, I, you know, I show up to the halo team. Mm -hmm. They're just coming back from Iraq and this team is stacked. Like all senior E sevens, my team leader was former enlisted you know, my warrant, everyone's Ranger tab, all this stuff. And I'm, I'm sitting there with two cases of beer and I'm like, I'm your new guy, yeah. <laughs> you know, and they're looking at me like, you know, the 18 x-ray program. Yeah. So you, but so that nervous feeling, which I, I actually embrace, I love because it's, it's that opportunity to put your best foot forward. You know, you don't want to be too comfortable where you're like, oh, I'm supposed to be here. Like you're yeah, looking around exactly. you and you're truly humbled. Yeah. yeah. You're truly humbled. And, you know, and then I was 18 Bravo, like you said, mm -hmm. I was supposed to be an 18 echo, but my clearance didn't come in on time. That small, that small nuance of being, uh, what you thought was going to be an 18 echo to be an 18 Bravo was a world of difference because when you're an 18 echo and you're an x-ray or a medic or, mm -hmm. you know, a Charlie, most of the people going through that course have never done that specific thing. Unless you're right. like the radio guy, yep. you know, you're starting off at an even playing field. You go to the Bravo course, you got nothing but 11 Bravos mm -hmm. who have been dealing with guns and weapons, you oh, know, yeah. for the majority of their military yep. career. So you're, you're behind, you know what I mean? Yeah. So when you show up to the team, you know, you had two, two cases of beer, like what, how long did it take you kind of to get in, you know, that the fold of the team to where it was like, all right, this guy's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. And I was nervous because a lot of people, you, you heard people you graduated with who went to different groups, um, even different teams. It, it was, it really depended on what group you went to and what mm -hmm. team. I've heard people weren't allowed to show up in the team room for a week. They're just like slipping what they're going to do under the door, <laughs> you know, all kinds of stuff. And lucky for me, third group didn't care about any of that stuff. And at least Bravo company where I was didn't, didn't care about all that yeah. uh, third battalion. They didn't have time for that. Right. You had to show up and they had to train you because you know what, they were going to go right back on mm -hmm. a rotation. And they were going to see what you were made of and you were either going to make it, you were either going to be valuable to this team or you weren't. You're were going to be sitting in the rear. Yeah. And, and that was important to me. So I show up and I got really lucky with, um, my chief warrant officer who, like I said, uh, Scott Dyer, who, who passed, uh, the rotation before that, uh, my last rotation, I mean, he just kind of took me under his wing, yeah. right? He looked at me and he was like, something about you. I like, let's see what you got. And he really just kind of showed me the ropes. Um, I did an ad bond with him before my first rotation and man, he showed me everything. That's, I love that about leaders, you know, good leaders is like, they see like a junior 
enlisted or even like a, a brand new E7. I mean, yeah. as a brand new E7, you're, you're, yeah, you, you got promoted to start first class, but you don't have that yet. That like, whatever that, that start first class, you know, right. that thing is. So I loved like when I was in, like, I, I always made sure like I wanted to always take like my junior enlisted, like to the staff meetings, to the ad vaughn, to the, you know, key leader engagement, because eventually they're going to have to do it. Yeah. So why aren't they just watching? Just watch. Yeah. That's all. Like that's the best thing you can do as a leader. That's what makes leaders good is showing someone how to do something. Yeah. No, you're right. And the one thing I hated the most in the military was like, okay, so if I didn't know how to do something because I never done it, <laughs> why are you giving me shit about that? That's why right. aren't you like, hey man, I know you've never done this. I get it. You tried it. You look like, you know, you look ate up, you know, like <laughs> a like a bag of assholes. But hey, let me show you how to do it. That's all you have to do, man. Like, I get it. There's some hazing and there's some like, you know, talking shit. But, man, I can't help that I haven't done this. Yeah. So no, stop yelling at me. So. You no, know, you're absolutely right. And, you know, when I got in kind of the private sector in the business world, they always in business school and all this stuff, they always classified leadership as kind of this, this ability to kind of motivate and influence a group of people to do like a common, yep. achieve a common goal. Yeah, yeah. And I always said like, okay, yeah. you know what I mean? But that's that. Maybe that is leadership, but that's not a good leader. Yeah, you know what I mean? No. And, and that's just like, you're getting a task done. Yeah. It's like, you know? I'm, I'm in charge. Yeah, no, exactly. I'm a leader. It's a different, like I am like, I look at it as like you, you have like a team, especially in SF. It's a small, it's a small team. And SOP, it was a small team. Like our attachment was 10 people, like 12 that's people. Right. So like, why wouldn't I want to know about you as a person, like your family and like get involved with your life? Because like, if you show up to work one day and everything's all like, you're just, fucked up basically and you're like what's wrong <laughs> yeah you know or or you get these guys like you know you get a private that shows up late or something like that he's like he's fucking up repeatedly but instead of like asking what the problem is like you get these leaders that are like straight counseling we're gonna fucking that's right we're gonna we're gonna fuck you up punish you you're we're, you know it's like why don't you ask about what's going on like how are you feeling what's you know, is there something going on at home you know like you never know until you ask somebody you know? no and uh, you're exactly right because i always say to me the good leaders were the ones that had the ability to connect with you mm -hmm. and get the best out of you yeah just right get involved. And, yeah because if you get the best out of somebody and it could be it could be directly or indirectly and it can be um you know it, it could really be a matter of taking the time to get to know someone like you said mm -hmm. um showing them and it can be even through direct communication which is you know, concise communication, articulating your vision, and then telling them what the strategy is to do. Mm -hmm. Or it could just be without words. Yeah. Just through your actions. Yep. You know, all of that. And and it's like, and you you always get those people in your unit, like the guys that are just aren't, they just don't mix well with others. Yeah. Yeah. There's always those guys. It's all, like, we had a couple guys like that in our unit where it was just, you go to his barracks room and my man still had Spider-Man <laughs> like sheets on his bed, you know? I can't relate at that, at that time. I was almost 20 years in 17 years in. And you know, that, that private is, he's been in for maybe three or four months, maybe a year. Right. And I'm going to his barracks room and, and I have to try to, like, I try to relate to them, but it's hard to relate to like a 19 year old kid who's constantly late, who's overweight, who doesn't want to do anything. And you know, you, you want to help this kid. You want to help him not, it's time for him to go. Right. You want to help him transition the best he can because military is not working out for you. Um, and it's just one thing led to another. I mean, he, he, he got out, but it was like me as a leader, I'm showing up to his barracks room and I'm like, Oh shit, my man has Spider-Man, <laughs> like Spider-Man uh, sheets on his bed. And that's what we're dealing with in the army. Are they right. these kids? They're kids. Like 
they're 19. Their brains aren't even developed yet. And we're putting them in charge of like missions and, and they're <laughs> on like going down range and they're in charge of like weapons. And all right. So it's a lot of trust you have to build in there too. But yeah, it's just a weird, like it's just people. It's just, yeah, it was weird. The one thing I always appreciated the unit I was in was it, it was pretty flat. Yeah. Nobody, no, which that's, that's what the, I came yeah, for. And that's the thing with the, the green, like the guys I've worked with, it's been like, damn, I wish, I wish my unit was like this. Yeah. You it's know? pretty, it's pretty good. And, and it came, it, it kind of hit me when I, when I signed up, just thinking back to the guys I saw on the horses and it, it just, it made me think like, we're here to do something mm -hmm. like I'm not here for all the other stuff and that flat organization. I mean, there's still hierarchy. There's still chain of command, yeah. obviously all that, but at the team level, the company level, it's pretty flat where they look at you and say, Hey, are you capable of doing a job? Yeah. If you are, we're going to hold you accountable and we're going to give you more responsibility. That's all. And that, that's, that's all it. anybody wants. That's all. You know I mean? want to be left alone. Yeah. <laughs> we all just want to be like, left alone. Let me do my job. If I need something, I'll come, I'll come ask you or, if if you see me off off, navigate me back onto the right path. But right. other than that, man, let me be. Like let me yeah. do my job. Like what I'm trained for. Like it was so hard to, like being in Libya. Like I get to go to Libya with Mike, and it was like, why are you spending all this training, all this money, all all this time, and you're not going to let us do our job? Like yeah, we're training these guys, and we're doing our counterterrorism, and and we're making sure everything's working. But you can only train so much. It's time that it was time to do something, and it was just no one wanted to do the risk. It was. It's really upsetting because usually training is a lot of times it's harder than anything you'll do, yeah. right? Because you train for like the worst case scenarios, yeah. so it's disappointing when you can't even act on the yeah, training. Exactly. You got, you know? so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you have these guys that you know you have this indige force, and they're depending on you. They they look up to you. You know what I mean? They're like, right. okay, you're here to help us in our country. We're gonna you know take over, and we're gonna get back you know st some stability. And you have these Americans that are like, okay, let's go. And then yeah. if we can't even get you on a mission, it's like, man, like, like, why are we here? Right. So right. that's like, it's always a frustrating time, you know, <laughs> I could talk about that for hours. So, you know what though? I look back on it because when I got out, you always think the grass is greener. You always think, mm -hmm. you know, big bureaucratic organization, everything's risk mitigation that, you know, they're not letting me be my full potential, all that stuff. And then you get out and you go to the real world and you know, I ended up going to San Francisco after that because I was like, I want to be in tech. They, they, they're moving a hundred mm. miles an hour. They're changing the world. And you get over there and you realize, yeah, they're moving very quickly, but a lot of times you're just going in circles. There's right. no, a lot of times there's not a, there's not enough structure there. You know, a lot of the things that I took for granted being in the military after I got out, I had a much different appreciation for mm -hmm. to get everybody up to a certain standard where you can look and say, okay, that's your job. I trust you to do your job. I trust you with my life because there's real oh, yeah. consequences here. Um, I really appreciated that when I got out because a lot of people, you know, in the civilian world, they just don't have a purpose for what they're doing mm -hmm. other than, you know, money or doing some of that. Now there's great people out there, you know, obviously. Um, but for me, it was a little challenging. It just seemed like everybody was bouncing company to company, doing all this stuff. Right. Versus the military, you just knew, hey, look, we're going to do something. That yeah, we you were there. Yeah, we were there. You, know the, you, you knew the mission. Present. Yeah. Even though, like, behind the mission, like, all the background stuff, could it, it, it sucks and it's, like, hard, but you have a mission. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, you know it. You just have to navigate through that. Yeah, and if you don't get cut, caught in the day-to-day, the -day, yes. which, you know, you get, that's the grind. You get, But if you just look back and you say, okay, what have I done over this period of time? you have these milestones and these just pillars of mm -hmm. like what you've learned, what you've experienced. 
And you could be doing the same day in, day out job and whatever your nine to five is. And you could look back five years. You're like, I've just been doing the same exact thing. Yeah. Right. It's tough to. So that that part I, I super appreciate from my military. Experience. Yeah. So so you get out of the military, you, you go to San Fran, you, you think tech is the way. Uh, what kind of what was the I don't know, the the event or situation that kind of was like, OK, I got to get out of out of here to leave San Francisco. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, so I'll back up. So I, I went to San Francisco with, like I said, the idea of like, I just want to learn and do everything. Um, and you're working around really smart people, all that stuff. And that was great. Mm -hmm. uh, we, you know, we, I worked for a company that raised, you know, like $125 million. I was working for, you know, this very young CEO. And like I said, it, it was great, but you could feel like you were missing something, mm -hmm. right? And living in San Francisco for that, I think it was about four and a half years, I'm from Texas. I'm, I'm used to land. I'm used to, you know, it's a one party state. You just felt like it was a little bit of group think going on mm -hmm. where there wasn't critical thinking. Everybody just agreed. We all should say these same things because that's what's wildly accepted. Because that's what we've always done. Yeah, that's what we've always done. And it's a super expensive city, you know, so you just miss like you feel like you're a little detached. Mm -hmm. Right. And and I was looking for something different where I felt like, hey, I had a great experience. I, I learned from a fire hose what I did over there. Was it like, right? was, did you, was it like, a, there was like no connection to people out there? Everybody had their blinders on, it was just. Yeah, there was a connection. It was just, it, it just, maybe our values didn't align quite the same. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure where the disconnect, but there were times where you had a group of really smart people, but it seemed like we were all working, excuse me, to save, to, to solve the same problems, which is, Look, soft, at the time, software as a service was like the hot thing, right? You get monthly recurring revenue and you're mm -hmm. doing all this stuff. You're, you know, machine learning. So all the, this really, this group of really smart people, we're all kind of trying to do the same thing. Like, why aren't we trying to like really advance things here, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm, I'm a huge proponent of technology. Yeah. Um, I, think it's, I think it's an answer to a lot of just humanity's, you know, needs and everything else. But, you know, at the core, I, I believe in being self-sufficient, I believe in simplicity, living off the land, doing all that stuff where, you know, those values that I grew up with in Texas, that's not what you're getting in a densely populated city where you're kind of on top of each other. Right. You know, and there's not, a, when there's not a lot of room for discourse, which, you know, I was seeing this three years ago. I mean, I can only imagine what it looks like today, yeah. you know, where there's just not enough, um, there's just not enough healthy debate going on. And so, then it's like, everything's one-sided. If you don't agree yeah. with me, you're canceled. Yeah. You're yeah. Done. You, Get out yeah, of here. I mean, it's you know? to the 10th degree now. Like, oh, yeah. And I still have a lot of really good friends over there. And I, yeah. but, it, but it feels like even the people I know, you can have private discussions with them and they're mm -hmm. very rational people. Right. They maybe sit on a different side of political aisle of other people and other friends, but you can have real conversations. Yeah. The problem is in public, they won't. Right. Which lets you know, like, Shouldn't that tell you something about, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> that's my thing with people, man. Like I can get along with anybody, you know, as long as you're yeah. nice to me, you, you have a conversation, everything's good. Like when it starts, we talking about like politics and putting your beliefs out there. I mean, I get it. Everyone has a, everyone has a right to believe in, say what they want, do this, do that, put their hair up, put their hair down, shave, whatever. Right. But it's like, I don't have to, I don't have to accept what your beliefs are, what your views are. But at the same time, I'm, I would never tell someone that's stupid or right. why are you doing that? I right. just, if I don't agree with that, I don't agree with it. It's not that I just, I'm not like going to hate on you or no. talk shit. It's just like, okay, cool. It's not, it's not for me. Absolutely. But then when you have people that they say one thing and then say nothing in public, you're like, yeah. And you're seeing that with, I, I don't care about you anymore. I tell people all the time, like I'm focused on putting good energy in the world. Yeah. 
And if you're good people, you're good people. Just be nice. It's, yeah, it's, it's, that's like it. I, I, think, I think every podcast I've, I've done that's so it. far is it costs nothing to be nice. Yeah. No, I, I tell people all the time, kindness, like pass like, it on. If right? you ain't got nothing to say, stay away. Yeah. Like stay away from me. Yeah. No, Come back it. to me when you're feeling better. I get it. Mental health is a huge thing in our country now. It should, you know, it's it's falling off. I mean, that's one of, I mean, it should be like in the forefront, but whatever. That's not here today. I'm not going to change anything, but that's a huge thing, man. Like people are just unstable right these days, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a it's a big deal, and, and I think when, you know, when I started my company, it was it was about, so I was I felt like I was missing something when I was in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and I and I wanted to do a tangible business, not, you know, software and all this other stuff. I wanted a tangible business, and part of the business, when especially when you work for yourself, is you can actually have a purpose. Yep. You can actually have a mission, like you can get back involved in the communities, and not for PR and not for all the stuff that. You know, a lot of these big organizations. Yeah, you want to be a nice yeah. guy. You want to be involved. You want to yeah. help people. You like, think it's yeah, it's important. I mean, it's humanity. Yeah. We're all Americans, right? Like, yep. there's, there's, you know, like, why there's not, a lot man? Going on. Like, then it's the thing. If, if if those people, if you come to people and they don't want to like help you, then you know we're not where you're not going to be like going. Right. You know what I mean? So, but no, I like that's like for here at Fieldcraft, man. It's like if we can help someone, let's help someone. But at the same time, I think you got to be careful of who you help and like what you give out because people just take advantage of you. Yeah, that's human nature. Yeah, that's unfortunate, so, but that's yeah. you know. So when you when you first started lay, laying out uh, Anthem Snacks, you talked about you know you wanted to have something tangible, you wanted to have a purpose. So what was like the aha moment? Like, okay, I'm doing that. Yeah, it actually. Uh, so I I leave San Francisco and I'm in Chicago now. I'm going to business school. When I when I left San Francisco, I felt like I actually needed more structure, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't know what I was going to do next. I wanted to start my own business, but I, I didn't know. I needed a break, to be mm-hmm. honest. And I figured as long as I'm on this break, let's uh, let's learn some stuff. Let's get some formal structure. And let me piece together everything I took from the military with everything I learned in tech. Yeah. And let's, let's see how this looks, right? Um, so I'm in Chicago, and I had another buddy who we were looking at doing businesses together. We looked at a lot of different things. And he just so happened to be... Uh, looking for a second house in Montana with his dad. And he came across three meat processing plants that were for sale. Mm-hmm. So he- Three different meat? Three, three separate meat processing plants. So weird. three different family-owned meat processing plants. And I think the um, the agent was trying to put them together to make mm. it you know more valuable. Were they all spread out in different locations? Yeah, okay. all that, okay. all spread out. Uh, so he hits me up and he's like, do you have any interest in this? And I was like, <laughs> I wanted something tangible, but that seems so like, out of my realm. I would, if, if someone came to me like, I'm like, yeah, I like to eat meat and everything, yeah. but man, three meat processing. Yeah. Like, the amount of like people and animals and like, yeah, there was, oh, that blows, like that's. So whatever yeah. the fire hose, I learned tech, whatever that fire hose is saying, I took the same one when I moved right. to Montana. So, so I talked to him, I said, okay, well, let's think about this, right? Like here's where I think I can add value, Right. But I need to know the industry. I need it. So I end up going out there to a meat processing convention, which they hold annually mm-hmm. in Foresight, Montana. Isn't it like, <laughs> like, like how, how old are you? I'm 41. 41. I'm 42. And I would never have thought like in my career, like, we, like would you ever thought like in your life you'd be going to a meat processing no. convention? Like, no. Here we are. <laughs> Let me just tell you, I show up to this thing and I'm, I'm reassessing my life in the moment. Yeah. I'm sitting here. <laughs> the people are great. Um, characters like such nice people yeah but i'm looking around and i'm like these people have 40 plus years doing what they do i don't know anything about this industry and everything i work for in my life to build a network whether Mm -hmm. it was in you know the military people or tech 
none of that. I'm going to leverage none of that right yeah. now. I'm going to show up to a new place with zero people that I know. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking and I'm like, okay. Uh, and and I, I love Montana. Montana's beautiful, mm -hmm. um, just like Utah. But, but I was like, you know, how do you make a living here? You got to own your own business or do something. So I show up to this meat processing convention and it was a blast, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, you're just, like I said, you're learning so much from people that have been doing this forever. And when you approach someone and you tell them like, hey, I'm like cherry as fuck. Yeah. Do they, do they, did you have different reactions? Or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they're all looking at you. First off, you know, we're already in discussions talking to these three different family owned processing plants and we're trying to put this deal together. Mm -hmm. So by the time I show up to this meat processing convention, I know, I, I know very well these three families and they're all there. Mm -hmm. But the deal is, you know, nobody's ready to announce it. So nobody else really knows. So they're just looking at me like, who's this guy? You yeah. know, because like anyone, you show up in somebody's backyard, they're like, yeah, who like, are you? What are you doing here? Um, but luckily for me, you know, they made all the introductions. I was meeting mm -hmm. all these people. Super cool. Uh, but the deal, the deal was super complicated because even though these three families were friendly, they were a little bit competitive. They all had their own brands. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've never worked in the meat business. So the, the deal, the way we were going to structure it is they were going to roll over their equity and they were going to continue to work in the business because they're the experts, right? Yeah, they're yeah. the subject matter experts. I need them. But nobody really wanted to work for somebody else, right? Mm -hmm. So so you're putting this together. The plants themselves were fairly old. Uh, they were all state inspected and, and you need USDA inspected to oh, sell, okay. you know, nationwide. So I'm learning all this. I'm trying to talk to the next generation, you know, their kids about, do you have any interest in doing this? You know, some of these people are, you know, in their sixties, their seventies, they're still like every day putting in the work, you know? Damn. And I'm like, well, That's I need, crazy. yeah, I need, you know, I need like, what's the next generation? And yeah. the next generation didn't have very, they had, they, they weren't interested in it. They weren't interested in like taking over a meat processing plant, right? right? It's not, it's like they went to college. Like they, they thought they were going to leave this business and now you're like dragging yeah. them back into it. Like you know? I would have been an asset to that business. You yeah. Know? I'll go to college. I, hey, I'll, I'll take over the business. I'll, yeah. I'll work. No, I, for me, it, it would have been like, yeah, but I, I understand their perspective, right? right? They're yeah, like, yeah. they worked so hard to get out of that town, right? Yep. To, to not be part of that. And now it's like, no, 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 you're going to come back. Yeah. You're going to do this. So, so we had good conversations and I think it was just, you talk to one family and you address their needs and you say, okay, okay let's change the deal. But as soon as you do that, it affects another family. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, well, I'm not good with that. And you're, you're just kind of going in circles a little bit. And at the end of the day, what it was really going to take, we were going to, we were talking to a lot of people at the state level because there was a huge incentive to create jobs. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it's really important in Montana and we wanted to build this state of the art, you know, huge brand new facility. And we were going to consolidate. We were going to, rebrand these three processing plants, but we were going to make them under one kind of banner of mm -hmm. like, you know, Montana meat essentially. Right. And my, my business partner at the time, he had really good connections in the restaurants. So we were talking to purveyors and, you know, people that are kind of in this space and they were like, look, if you can have a grade, a grading, like a, you know, grade a mm -hmm. or a designation, like you see like Texas Angus beef or something, yeah. if you can do that in Montana, that's a huge differentiator for these restaurants. Just like when you hear like uh, New Zealand lamb or yeah, something, yeah. right? So, and, and it stops, you know, it stops others from copying you because even if they get, you know, even if they say all the same stuff as you, mm -hmm. it can't be Montana beef because you own that relationship with those ranchers. Gotcha. And that was the original idea. And then we were like, on top of that, we were like, okay, well, I got a tech, kind of a tech background. Mm -hmm with blockchain technology, everything that's going on right now, we could do source verified throughout the entire supply chain. 
because a big issue that we were seeing, and this is the good part of when I did live in California, is you can kind of peek into the future of like how people were perceiving things, right? And climate change was a big thing for them. And, you know, at the time for climate change, it was really going to be about, well, the deforestation and, you know, the methane and all that stuff that was coming off of cattle, you know, how, what were you going to do to make that better? And when you go to Montana, you just drive up and down the highway and it's just cows grazing. It's like happy cows everywhere. And so for me, it was like, look, if we can show and tell the story from the ranch, from the rancher who raised the cattle, you know, all the way through, there's value in that. And, and that way people that aren't getting their, you know, their beef from Brazil and, and all this other stuff, but it was really hard. Like I said, you had no network. I had no network. You had to re-educate a market on what Montana beef was. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you had these three family members that couldn't agree on anything. And I was like, all right, this might be, this might be too big a challenge or an undertaking for me to do. So yeah. I talked to my business partner. He ended up investing in one of the meat processing plants. Um, so we may revisit that down the road, right. but I walked away just <laughs> cause I did these deep dives into research and everything. And I was like, I'm going to start something here. Right. Like I love it here. I was truly inspired by the beautiful landscape, mm -hmm. uh, the hardworking people there. And I was like, I'm doing something here. And Within my research, everything I was doing, I, I just kind of decided, look, beef jerky is kind of special. Because when, when, to make money as a processor, you have to sell everything. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't just sell, you know, the top cuts from the meat, you know what I mean? So, and, anyway, I learned all that, and I was like, look, jerky's where I'm going to kind of hang my hat. And that was kind of the genesis of like, okay, well, now I know what I want to do. How do we do this, mm -hmm. you know? So, that's how it kind of all started. So, we're, so you, you didn't... You didn't follow through with the with the three uh, meat processing things that fell off. So where did you kind of locate and uh, find a place to process everything? Yeah, so that was challenging. That was a separate challenge, right? Because now you're like, okay, I want Montana beef. I'm going to do it here in Montana and everything else. Uh, sorry, let me just back, take a step back. The other reason it fell apart, the other deal is, even if you build that, that huge facility, right. there's not the infrastructure in Montana to keep the cattle in Montana almost at the time the stat was like 90 plus percent of cattle got shipped across state lines and they get finished at feedlots you know in nebraska or kansas where all the corn is oh, where all gotcha. the barley is right so learning that i was like okay i want a montana so when i started the jerky i was like i want to do montana beef i want to do it right here in montana yeah, yeah. and then you're like well there's only there's there's very few usda inspected plants you can't necessarily call it montana beef because they're getting shipped somewhere right. else Right. And you're starting to figure all this stuff out and you're like, but what if they're born in Montana? Yeah, no, no. So you can, and, and there's, <laughs> there's, there's all these ways if you don't want to be authentic with the way you're doing it, which right. some people do is they buy beef from somewhere else and then they do the processing in Montana and then they call it Montana beef. And it's, it's really, it's, they say made in Montana, but it's not really it's like, come on, you, like, you can't like, yeah, you made jerky, but it's like, yeah. it's the cow. It's like, like, yeah, you know, like, the, but you know, <laughs> like, like, like anything, you, you right. start figuring out what the industry things are and, oh, and you yeah. start little ins and outs, the ins and outs and the marketing crap behind, look, 80% of the market is dominated by four, you know, your Tyson's JBS's mm -hmm. and they put so many different things on there and they do it. You think it's like, oh, no antibiotics or oh, antibiotics. Oh, yeah. Cage free, cage free, grass fed. And you're like, so you start doing the research. You're like, I want to do all this stuff. And yeah. then you're like, wait, no antibiotics. So you just let the cows die. 
that doesn't make sense. But if you're a big guy, you know, big organization, you're mm -hmm. like, yeah, we just let them die. You know why? Because that's the standard. And all the small guys, they can't do that. Damn. Right? And then you start learning grass-fed and you're like, well, if I do grass-fed, only 3% of grass-fed is here in the U.S. So where's the beef coming from? Damn. <laughs> you know, and there's all these different things in there. So And is it like, I, I think, I know for like chickens, like when you see like free range or something like that or cage-free, it's like, I think like one of the things I've read about or, or saw was like, all you have to do is have like a little bit of section that's yeah. like outside of the coop or whatever. Yeah. And that's, and you can label it cage-free. That, that's the thing. They right. set, the, they set the standards. Yeah. And then they have all the resources to meet those standards. Mm -hmm. The rest of everybody else has to adjust. It's just like what happened with COVID. When COVID happened, all these new restrictions on getting your processing plants or, you know, your kill facilities or whatever up and running. Now all of a sudden you have to meet all these COVID standards. Mm -hmm. Well, how is a little family owned business going to do that? Like yeah. they, they don't have yeah, the exactly. scale, but the big guys are like, yeah, yeah, add that. Oh mm -hmm. yeah. Put that in the language. You know what so I mean? Just so we can shut, yeah. make it harder for the small business. And then what's ironic is even as prices are going up, um, and it, it, it's actually getting more costly during COVID to actually produce and, and mm -hmm. do all the processing. Well, guess what? They get to pass that right to the customer and they upcharge and they make more money. But mm -hmm. that, you know, for the little guy, that's, you're, yeah, getting, you're, you're, you're getting crushed. Yeah, you're suffocating them. So I was, so that's kind of the landscape. And then I just went, I started in Montana. It was like very hard to find. I went to Wyoming. I went to Idaho. I went to North Dakota. I was looking everywhere and I finally found um, what, a partner. What year Idaho. was this? Like what year did you start the jerky and like well, like what what year are we looking at right now? So the jerky business, like Anthem itself, got started officially. Uh, I think it was late 2019. Okay. And I'm ready to go. I got like my plan. I'm right. ready to do this. And then obviously COVID hit and I kind of changed everything. But officially 2019, we've we've really officially launched where everything was like go to market. Mm -hmm. I think it was like june of 2020 oh, okay yeah so fairly new okay fairly new nice um, but i spent that whole late 2018 to 2019 trying to make the you know that other right, deal yeah. kind of work so yeah. yeah so it was it was a lot <laughs> so how big is your like processing stuff now like what does that look like when you're in the building and things are going like what is your, i don't know what you can't i mean you don't want to give away too many secrets or anything like that but like how big is your facility how many like employees do you have what's that look like yeah, so the, so the ones, that, you know, we partner with somebody and their facility is 50,000 square feet plus. So it's a huge facility, right? And we kind of have our dedicated space of that. And then, um, you know, it's technically not my employees, right? Oh, okay. Because when we started out, you know, I looked at this and said, okay, I'm either going to buy these meat processing plants and undertake that. But the learning curve of everything we already talked about, educating the market on, on the sales and, you know, mm -hmm. marketing side, now you're telling me I'm responsible for running a USDA facility. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know anything about that. And it's not it's not as easy as coffee where you just buy a roaster and you mm -hmm. just, you know, you go for it. Yeah. Like there's HACCP, there's like all these plans that have to go in. You have to have a, a USDA inspector on site, right? Like all the time you have to build it out. There's a lot to go into that. So you kind of subcontracted that to a, a facility that does that yeah they can, you give them your meat your ingredients your spices your formulas and they take that and run with it yeah so that's the idea is really to, to get this to a place where we could scale because mm -hmm. the other part of it is if i if i even if i was going to build those or buy those other facilities if if i do everything right on the front side and, and we build a brand here and people want more of it well that's going to suck if i can't kind of put my foot to the pedal and like do and this like at upscale. scale, yeah, right? Yeah. Now I gotta wait two years to break ground and do yep. all this other stuff. And so to me, it was important just to get out of the gate. Yeah. Um, and 
the issue is it doesn't matter what your recipes are. It doesn't matter. Jerky, you could have the same exact recipe and it could taste totally different. Right. Jerky is so, it really comes down to, I mean, it's an art what they do, right? The, the people that make it and the skill, the, you know, the craftsmanship that they have, that's what's unique about it, right? You can come up with your recipes, you mm -hmm. can do all that other stuff, but at the end of the day, if you don't have the right people making it, oh, gotcha. it's, you know, you have the same exact thing and then, yes, technically the flavor should be the same, mm -hmm. but the texture is not the same, right? right? And then you have a completely different jerky. Yeah, so I, like you talked about like, cause when you said that you, you subcontracted out, I remember watching one of my favorite shows is um, uh, the, the the Prophet or? The, yeah, The Prophet. I know. Yeah. yeah, and he talks, you know, he has his stuff but like that, but then he when he takes he helps his businesses out, he would take like, a, it was like a bakery, so someone had like a bakery yep. or something, making cookies in, but he was like, listen, to upscale this, we're gonna have to, you know, outsource it. And I was like, and like you learn so much by watching these shows, like how business works. And you're like, oh, that's how they do it. Like that's yeah. how these companies scale up and, and get all this mass distribution out because they just subcontract it. They give them that process and they, and they, and they do it for you. Yeah, because if you think of it, and you guys you guys are in the same boat, you start yep. a business, right? There's, there's risk in starting any business, mm -hmm. right? And you're putting your own money, you're putting your own time, the opportunity costs. And now if you think you're good at design or if you think you're good at, you know, developing flavor profiles or if you think whatever you think you're good at you can't be good at all of them right and 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 to take all that on with all the risk and all the time you know the time constraint of like getting out the door and doing all that stuff you know those things like what you see on the prof and all that there's other facilities that their business model is none of branding they mm -hmm. don't do any branding they just do the manufacturing mm -hmm. that's what they do really well right that's what their business model is predicated on so you're getting the best of both worlds to get out of the gate. Yeah. Now, ultimately, I want to own the entire process. That's obviously oh, where yeah. everybody yep. wants to be, right? But, you know, to go build some $10 million facility to that's find just, out yeah, nobody cares or likes your jerky. Now you're like, well, what am I going to do with this facility? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I'm not trying to go bankrupt at 40, you know? Right? Yeah. Like <laughs> so like, I'm not, I don't want to dig out like, when I'm 40 years old. I still yeah. got like at least 50 more years left yeah, in my life. Yeah, exactly, you know? right? So, but no, I think that's great, man. Like it, it's a, it's, it's like, it's brave, you know, like to put like you to do something like that to like, all right, here we go. You know, we're, I'm, I'm going to do this and, and see where it goes. And, and, and you're doing, I think you're doing really well. I mean, the jerky, people love the jerky. Everyone I've talked to, I've not had one negative thing, always been positive. <laughs> so, I mean, so where do you see kind of, kind of now you have, you know, you have your four flavors. And is the challenge right now, obviously we talked earlier about, you know, convenience stores are like the mainstay of the, the jerky business. So what does that look like now? Like how do you navigate distribution? How do you navigate, you know, get the right quantities to, to, to get out there and like where it's gonna go? Like how, how do you navigate that? That just seems. Yeah. All right guys, we're gonna interrupt this podcast just for a second to talk to you about one of our sponsors and that sponsor is Element. Element's a drink mix that, you know, is taking over the world. We're starting to see it all over the place. Um, it can really help you get back those valuable electrolytes after a fast, after a workout. Uh, it can help you fight those carb cravings that you get throughout your day. And Element, uh, one of the great benefits is it has zero sugar, no artificial ingredients, and no uh, fake coloring involved at all. Many of the professional athletes in different leagues like the NBA, NFL, uh, even some of our Olympic teams, 
Um, there's a few Navy SEAL teams that are starting to use it. Mar the Marine Corps has actually started implementing it on their bases as well as the FBI sniper teams and many more. Element has an offer special to the Fieldcraft Survival Podcast listeners for you to be able to try Element for free. Um, so if you check down in the show notes using our link, go to their website and you will find that you can get a sample pack, which includes eight packets of assorted different flavors, and all you have to pay is shipping. So here in the U.S., uh, you're looking at probably around $5 or so. Um, so don't miss this offer. Uh, it's completely risk-free. Um, and if you do end up needing to get it back, you know, and you just didn't like it and you want to get your money back, all you have to do is hit up their No BS customer service, and they will get back to you and give you a refund. So uh, we've all been trying it here in the office, and it's totally worth checking out, guys. So... All right, back to the podcast. Yeah, like like anything, it's uh, <laughs> you jump two feet in. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Learn as you go. I always tell people, right? Like, I, I don't know if the SEALs use or whoever uses, but it's like you know, focus, commit, and adapt, right? Yep. Like everything that's gonna go wrong is gonna go wrong. Yeah, Murphy's, yeah. You know everything. So the only way is to learn is by doing. And so for me, you know, we have two different fulfillment centers. I worked on just concentrating on Montana to start. Mm -hmm. And we're in 100, uh, 120 plus stores in Montana right now. I just signed with a distributor in Montana. I wanted to make sure we got our own backyard mm -hmm. right first. Yeah. Once I had that and I knew the logistics of that, which started out from, I'm gonna drop ship to these individual stores, then hand it off to a distributor and let them fulfill the stores. Mm -hmm. So I had to earn the relationship and the account. I had to fulfill it from like a testing perspective to see if like, the customers wanted it. And then it was good enough to say, hey, you know what, we want this on a regular basis. Okay, well, who's gonna provide that for us? And then I had to find a distributor. Now that I figured out that model, I'm looking for the next state to go to, yeah. right? I'm looking to, to see what that looks like and, and grow that out. So that part, um, I'm in the middle of doing right now. And that's that's challenging because you're an, you're an unknown commodity in the marketplace, mm -hmm. right? Like everybody knows the big guys that are in, you know, jerky space, you're gonna, you're, any shelf in America, you're going to find Jack Links and Alberto. Yep. And then then it's kind of maybe, you know, uh, a couple others, right? Old Trapper yeah, like or whatever. Old Trapper, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but after that, the drop off is like, it's a who's who. Yep, exactly. Right? It's a who's who. So the question is, how do you kind of work your way into that space? And my goal is to be a national, you know, veteran owned national brand. Mm -hmm. And when I started this, the, the thing I took away from San Francisco, because I, I was, I was, you know, I was part of, I was involved in raising all that money and, and scaling and, and board meetings and all that venture capital. But once you take the money, the pressure is enormous, whether it's from private equity or oh, venture yeah. capital. It's like, and, it's like as soon as you get that money, the time oh, starts. The now. time starts, they're squeezing everything out of you. And everything that I stood for when I started this company, which is I didn't want to put like some screaming bald eagle that said, you know, America on it, you know, and everything. They're going to turn you into that because at the end of the day, they're like, oh, you're veteran owned. I want that blasted everywhere. That's going to be, you know. And so for me, it was really important to build this out where I didn't take any money. It was self, you know, we're just bootstrapping. I'm mm -hmm. doing paying for it myself. So I'm on my own timeline and I can keep my integrity like yeah. that. I can give away as much as I want for donations. I could do whatever I want to do. Mm -hmm. And but my goal with that is to be 100% veteran owned business, uh, you know, nationwide like i want to be on the shelf after you get past um the big three like we talked about yep. i want to be number four right like that's the goal i want to yep. be number four and i want to be there because maybe we're not as cheap as them because i can't i can't produce at their scale doing what right. they do right but now I, I think you have a lot going for you in quality man like oh that's all i care about that's yeah that's number one any like food item you buy it's like i want to open that bag i want to smell that smell and i want to eat it 
That's right. And it's going to taste amazing. And it yeah. does. Like, I, honestly, I'm not here just blowing smoke <laughs> your ass, man. Like, it's a really good jerky. Like, it's tender. It tastes good. Like, every time I've had it, it's tasted the way it's supposed to taste. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's no different. It doesn't deviate, you know, like that flavor. And that that's just tells you, like, you got something good and that quality. I mean, it just takes time. You know what I mean? Like, right. And no, I, I think no, you're right. It's, it's good. You know, when I, when I started out, and I was trying to figure out the distribution. Every salesperson was telling me, you can't do this, you can't do that. You have to have a window in the bag. People have to see it. Yeah. You can't be at this cost. Nobody's going to pay this. And I was like, according to you, nobody's ever going to open yeah, up another company. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, like that's ridiculous, yep. you know? So I didn't care. I went against the grain and all that stuff. And I'm convinced if you p give people a high-quality product and they believe in the product itself, because it can't be disappointing. You can't, can't do all the packaging, all the storytelling, and then they open it and it sucks, yeah, right? Yeah. So I know our jerky's better than what's on the shelf. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we're trying to make sure that we communicate the values that are important to us, right? Yep. Which is a mixture of obviously the veteran and first responder communities. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Montana and the region itself, the whole Rocky Mountain region, because to me, that's, that's honestly why I moved to Montana. Outside of the meat part of it, at the end of the day, Montana has one of the highest per capita uh, populations for veterans. And it mixes for you know what our backgrounds are, mm -hmm. right? You want to be. Oh, you're, it's you're beautiful not, there. Yeah, you're I, not I meant love to be. Montana. Yeah, in a cubicle oh. doing all this stuff, right? And that piece of what we do is authentic because mm -hmm. that's our region. That's where the overlap is. I mean, I'm not going to pretend that I'm like the best bow hunter, or the best. Like, there's people that do just that, mm -hmm. but that's, I mean, they're down the street. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. that is what they really do. Yep. You know what I mean? And so I think just that backdrop and that lifestyle is what we're trying to promote, which is. A healthy lifestyle. Go outside. Yeah, get your and ass do outside. Some stuff. Just get go healthy. do some shit. Yeah. You know, if like, and I don't want to be mean, but it's like you see a lot of like obese people out there, and I just, it's just, you feel bad. It's, it's like, man, like I get like me, I get out of the army. You know, I don't work out as much as I used to. Like I feel like, okay, it's time to get back in it. You know, right? And then like I may put on maybe ten extra pounds, fifteen extra pounds, but then it's like. I, 10 extra pounds of me is like uncomfortable. Yeah. I can't imagine putting on 50 pounds, a hundred pounds, and then having to like maneuver through life like that. It's, it's sad. And it's, it, it upsets you. Cause you're like, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Yeah. Why aren't you out there? Like start out walking your block. That's all you got. One do. lap. The next week do two laps. Yeah. But you, you people, you got to put down like, it, no, you're right. You got to get healthy, man. That's why you're all sick all the time. That's right. You know, That's you, absolutely you, right. the reason why you're sick is because you don't do shit. You sit on your ass all day. You know, I get it. Mental health, all that stuff, but come on, man. Like, no, no, and that's what that's the that's the lifestyle we're promoting. You know, people ask me like, what separates your jerk? And I'm like, we can get into that, but I'm not trying to convince somebody to pick up my jerky over somebody else's. I'm happy because you know, then they start looking at every single ingredient and sugar. And I'm like, look, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to convince people instead of picking up a bag of chips or a Snickers bar, pick up some jerky. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, and then when you pick up that jerky, I'm hoping that I'm communicating to you and trying to convince you, you know, through a healthy lifestyle to go outside and do some stuff, oh, right? yeah. be positive, go do some stuff, mm -hmm. get active. You know, when you do that, you're going to feel better about yourself. You're going to probably converse better with other people, you know, with other people. And you're probably gonna be nicer to each other, you yeah. know? And it's, that's what we're, yeah. It's like funny. Like I hate running. Like I haven't ran in, in, in probably years, but, uh, but it's every time after you run, how do you feel after you run? Yeah. Absolutely. I feel amazing when I, after I'm done running and I don't know why I just don't keep doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, no, it's true. Just the weirdest, like, just so weird out there. And, I, you know, I tell people because I've lived on both coasts, right? Mm -hmm. And I say, 
and and, I, and everyone thinks like, oh, we're in the middle of the country, so that's who likes jerky. I'm like, no. Everyone There's, likes jerky. Everyone likes jerky. And if you're sitting in some office, you know, especially before COVID, right? Like, paint a picture for that person. Be like, hey, you don't. Even though this is your life, and and I'm sure it's a great life, like. Get outside where you can, yeah. get some fresh air, yeah. or plan a trip and go out and do nature, something. Yeah, right. Do Drive something. two hours into the into the mountains yeah. or into the forest. And yeah, just you just know, do it. Yeah, like don't let anybody hold you back. Yeah. You know what I'm you saying? You don't need like like it's a, those things. I think people get so discouraged of like you don't need a, a four by four off road overland like built up vehicle. You don't need like the Patagonia pants and the no. Patagonia shirt. Maybe go to Walmart and get you some Wrangler outdoor clothes and, and, and get your ass on a, on a Just hike. Just go for a hike. That's it. Just go you don't for a need hike. nothing. Walk. You don't That's need anything. Yeah. Like there was that one meme out there that says, yeah, my, uh, you, you're out here with your walking sticks and your camelback and my son's doing the same trail with a naked Barbie. You yeah. Know, walking in bare feet, you know? <laughs> it's like, dude, you don't need nothing. You, you don't just need get anything. out there and do it. No, no. You know? I, I, which is, I think, you know, that's really good about what you guys do, obviously, right? It's like, yes, there's all these like special training you get in military and all that, but at the end of the day, we're all just humans. Yeah. We're all just look, you go outside and there's some risk associated with that, yeah. right? So be better prepared. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like like if you look at driving your car, that is the most dangerous thing you can yeah. do. Yeah. Like I'm going 90, 80 miles per hour down the highway with other cars and I'm driving that every day. Yeah. And there's and then, but there's way, you know, there's all that risk mitigation, you know, there's all those safety things put into place. There's those, you know, traffic laws. So you know how to drive. So you know how to risk and not kill everybody. But driving is the most dangerous thing I think I do every day. Yeah, no, you're right. It is. <laughs> so, it is. No, it's important. And so for us, you know, let us just be that snack. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's that's like, all. I, I really look at us as, you know, let, let's not make jerky serious. Yeah, that's it, right? Like it's not serious. Yeah, let's, that's let's, what I tell people. I'm like, look, we're, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, we, this company, it's pretty simple, right? Yeah. Like it's a protein snack, right? <laughs> and then we're promoting like go do some good stuff. Exactly. And we're I mean? and then we're helping people out. Yeah. Get involved in your community. That's get all. Involved. Yeah, that's it. So how did you come up with the name Anthem and like kind of your design and like because I saw on like the, the bag you you have like the color, the name, and then on the side you have the like uh, little nomenclature. Little nomenclature. Yeah. I think that's cool. Because we kind of do that too. It's like yeah, yeah. I love nomenclature, you know? <laughs> so it's funny. So you, you you know, like any business, you're coming out with names, you're like, mm-hmm. think of what could be cool. Uh, and then you go down the trademark list and you're like, oh, what's available? Right. <laughs> you know? Um so I had a short list. Anthem just kind of stuck. It, it made sense. It was like, you know, the way I envisioned it was you know, you have a purpose, right? You have something, a creed, mm-hmm. you have something that, you know, you, you believe in, right? And to me, you know, what we say is like us telling the stories of, you know, those service members or those wearing the uniforms, that that, that is kind of our lyrics, oh, right? Yeah. And so Anthem made sense for us, right? I didn't want to, I knew that there, this is, like I said, before COVID, before last summer, I knew there could be, you know, between like the national anthem and all that stuff. And I was like, I don't care. You know what I'm saying? I know the values we believe in and what we're doing, what mm-hmm. we're promoting. And so that was the name, the bag and the design and everything. It, the inspiration was, it's kind of funny. It was more of an MRE. I was thinking, how do we make an MRE, but not a I mean, yeah, MRE right. looks bad, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? But that kind of same where it's very simple. Like I said, I didn't want like some American flag and craziness where people are like, okay, we like get explosions. it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So we wanted something super simple, uh, but it, it it was enough to stand out, right? Like, so, like I said, everybody wanted me to have a window. And I was like, I'm not putting a window. Those things look terrible. Mm-hmm. And then you had to use film. And I was like, look, if I'm going to be on this, if you think coffee's a crowded space, jerky's crowded too, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to stand out on 
you know, these pegs against everybody else. And everybody has crazy colors and all this stuff oh, and yeah. artwork. And I was like, well, we'll go with silver. Like that'll be, it'll just be super simple. Um, and then our zero sugar is a gold bag, which also looks like a cartridge or, you know, like mm -hmm. a bullet or whatever. So I was like, let's just go with something that's super simple, um, minimal, but gets across the point that, hey, you know, maybe maybe a military background or something, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And that was kind of the inspiration behind it. Nice. Like it, it, it is real clean. Like the package is clean, like label. I mean, the uh, the logo's there. You see it. Like it's like, okay, uh, this is what I'm getting right here. Yeah. And, I, and like even you like said you said before about like our prices are a little higher. It's like I, I'm not buying cheap jerky. Like if your jerky's five dollars yeah. a bag and you're selling a big bag of jerky, yeah. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to pass it. Yeah. Like I want a jerky like that I'm going to eat because I'm going to eat it. Yeah. I'm probably going to like if I'm on the road or if I'm out hiking on the range or whatever. It's like that's going to be my meal for the day. Yeah. That's how I look at something. I know, something. You're right. like, and I'm going to open it. I'm going to eat that whole thing in one sitting. Yeah. Whether it's the, the small bag. Like, what are the sizes of bags you have? Like, so we have the smaller bag, which is our zero sugar. That's got almost 30 grams of protein per bag, mm -hmm. right? And then so that's about a two point. That's a 2.2 ounce bag. Uh, the silver bag's 2.5, right? And then we have a nine ounce bag, which is the bigger bag. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, so. Yeah. I go to, like, you go to the range, you're like, you're, 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 you have an energy drink and you have a bag of uh, jerky. And that's, that's right. That's all you need, man. Like, that's it. That's, no, it, that's it for the day. Like, yeah. And I, I tell people our jerky is not even, it's really not that much more. It's to be honest, it's, it's actually the same, if not cheaper yeah, than like, some I, of the other like, ones. I noticed like, I'm like, is it really that expensive? No, it's well, really what happened, not. the reason is, so the, the list price is, is the same, if not cheaper. Yeah. The problem is these, you know, the big boys do these like rebates and everything. So you'll see like a bag of Jack links that says seven ninety nine, and then they're selling for like three ninety nine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you're like, okay, well I can't do anything about that. You know what I mean? No, but you know, the people that like our jerky, um, we're in like Shields outdoor sporting goods store and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And when I had the conversation with them and I told them the price, they're like, we don't care. They're like, you kidding me? Like people that like people that come through our store are, know what they want. They're mm -hmm. willing to pay, you know, yeah. price. And I, and I learned that a long time. Like I, I, like I'm done buying like cheap stuff, like, like gear. I'm going to, I want to buy it once and be done. Like we have one right. of our sponsors, uh, Triarch systems. They're, you know, they, they make yep. carbines and pistols. Like I got one of their charts and it is the best. Like it's built to last. It's like, I'm going to give it to my son. Like it's going to be an heirloom item, yeah. like in the, in my family. So it's like, that is like, I just want quality. I'm it's amazing because custom, custom guns are doing really well, but yeah. like the big guys are, you know, it's a little bit yeah, of a struggle, yeah, yeah. but that's so why it's you like get I, that personalization, high quality yes. and you get a story behind it. Like that's what people want to spend their hard earned money yeah. for things they believe in. And they think that, you exactly. know, it like, was work that went into I that. I wish I could ban all like dollar stores. Yeah, that's my nightmare. It's like the, it's just the, the, it's like, it's like organized landfills. Yeah, it's, uh, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, it's, just, it's a gross to me. It's like, it's just like that we, we have so much excess. Yeah. You know, and You're right. Well, I just want like though. little, give me quality, give me a nice little thing and let me be. Like, I yeah. don't want this like mass produced, everything breaks, you know. No, and, you're right. As people always approach me, they're like, hey, we can get you in a Walmart. And I was like, but I don't want to be in Walmart. Like you know what they're gonna do? They're gonna squeeze the crap out of me. I, yeah. And then they're gonna and then they're gonna be my only customer. And then yep. I'm gonna be so dependent on them that if I don't give them the price they want, yep. they're gonna pull me. Yep. You know, I was like, no, hey, you can keep that. Yeah. You know what no. I, mean? I have no interest in that. God. Yeah, that's so, scary. Yeah, but it's uh, it's interesting. I mean, I've always been a believer in. You know, you get what you pay for, mm -hmm. and the people that know what they want, um, they appreciate it. And because I'm, 
I'm the owner and it's funded by me. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have to be like this super rich guy that sells to, Yeah. Like I, I can find the people that, that value that. And I'm fine. Like, like that, you're that's not good like, enough. like we look, we tell like, like around here, we're like, we're, we're not, I'm not a money guy. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I got my retirement and my, and my VA stuff and I get my paycheck here cause I, you know, I work, you know, I gotta get a paycheck. Right. But it's like, it's not everything to me. Like I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Like I, I'd rather be doing this for 80 hours a week than sitting like you, we talked about sitting in people for 40 hours a week. Yeah. Like, I'm able to like talk to people, like meet people all the time. I'm able to like, I am growing up. I never had a, a, the idea of like me being on like, I mean, I get it. We're doing YouTube videos, <laughs> but I never thought like I would be in front of the camera talking to somebody and, right. and doing this stuff. But it's like, you gotta get out of your comfort zone, man. This is, this is the business. If you want to succeed, you gotta put yourself out there in front. You gotta do podcasts. You gotta do content. You, you gotta make posts. And I, do I want social media? No, yeah. I I think social media is the worst thing that's ever been invented. Yeah, but I mean, there too. are benefits to it. I get it. I, I, I keep in touch <laughs> with people. Uh, but man, it's I never thought I'd be doing anything like this. Yeah, and it's just but it's the good cool, thing, and I like it. But the so. good thing is, you know, people like you, right? And a lot of people that you're out here for a reason. Like people like oh, us, yeah. right? We, we come out here seeking certain things. Where the trade off is, I don't need the money. I want the lifestyle. I want yeah. the standard of living you're flexible. You've, you've had an experience where you're like, Hey, look, forget what you thought or what you assumed or anything like that. Right. You, you kind of know how to roll with things mm-hmm. and you know how to adjust. Right. And at the end of the day, money is not your determining motivation. No. Right. If you can't adjust, if you can't be flexible, especially working for a small business, then you're, you're not going to succeed. Yeah. Because we're not a fortune 500 company. <laughs> we don't have like a marketing team. We don't have a media team where I have a a stable of people where I can send out all over the right. place. Like, no, like if we have a class on Saturday, guess who sent up on Friday? Everyone that's there. Yeah. It, if you're willing to, if you're there, Hey, come throw, come throw down for 10 minutes. Sweet mop. Let's get these chairs set up. Let's do it. That's how a small business runs. If you cannot be flexible in a small business or if something changes week to week, you have to roll with the punches. Like you're still getting paid. Yeah. Like no one's taking your job away from you. Things changed. I get it. Like you may have some kind of like, you, you may be invested in a certain thing. And if that's taken away from you, I get it. You can be mad all you want. You can, you know, uh, you know, be frustrated. But at the end of the day, no one's, no one's saying that you, you weren't a, like you did a bad job at it or whatever right. the situation is. It's just that we're doing something different now, man. Like let's move on. Let's, you're still part of this. You're still here. We still value you, but it's come on, man. Like let's, let's work together. Yeah. But you know what that I'll say in today's world where there's so many ways to communicate directly to your customer that mm-hmm. comes across though. Like when people, you know, listen to your content, feel crap, what you guys are putting out that comes across. It doesn't come across as this super polished PC. Oh thing. yeah. No. And it's, that, that, that struggle that you're talking about, that's real. Mm-hmm. And that authenticity that comes across, which makes you know your customer base right super loyal. Yeah. They believe in what you're doing because otherwise, in the world we live in, you get so marginalized where your ideas are not your ideas because if you say this, you offend this, and if you do this, yeah. and then you're just like everybody else. You're just right on that line, right? Which is like we're all gonna say the same things yeah. and do the same yeah. things, and but then if we're all doing the same things, who's different and who's offering value? Yeah, it's just like right? pitch in, man, help out. Like, yeah, we're all in this together. Like we're all in this together. Like. Like there was a time where I like when we were in Prescott, man. Like 
it's frustrating. There's a lot of pressure doing a small business, man. I don't know what I'm doing half the time. Like, I'm just, I'm here. I'm, I'm doing what I think is right. But that's, that's important. You know yeah. what I mean? That like, mindset, that attitude yeah. is the most important thing. You can and have. there was times I, I'm not gonna lie. I, I broke down, like yeah. sobbing at my desk. Cause I'm like, if one more thing yeah. goes wrong or if something is out of like, what more can happen? But that right. was just like, you have that time. You, you wipe your tears, you lift up your, your boots and you get back at it. You know what I mean? You can't let one little thing slow you down. I mean, we've had some major things slow us down. Like uh, we've been shut down by our, yeah. you know, Shopify. We got shut right. down on Instagram and it's like, we could easily have said, fuck it. We're done. Hey yeah. guys, thanks for all the help, but we can't navigate they're making it hard. But you know, like, like you said, like being a veteran and, and, and being in that austere environments and having to make it work, we just, that's what we did. You know, yeah. you just push forward. Fuck the haters. I don't <laughs> care right. what people think of me. That's right. That's one key that I think I learned getting out of the army, you know, is I don't fucking care what you think of me anymore. Like I care about what my family, my friends think of me. And if I'm like leaning left, leaning right, get me back on track. I would love that if my friends would, you know, if they're my friends, Hey George, please do this. You know, yeah. I'm like, okay guys, thanks. But if I'm on, like, if I put a video out on Instagram and I'm talking about, you know, my cooking show or whatever, it's cooking. <laughs> and you get people that talk shit on it. It's like, I don't, I don't look at the comments Haters anymore because at the same time, I don't give a shit <laughs> yeah, don't what they think. The and a- it's like, well, if you have it better then you start your own survival company, you start your own YouTube channel, you do it, man. You didn't show me how to do it. Yeah. But other than that, like, I'm doing the best I can with what I have. And, and we're, we're a group of dudes and group of gals that are just... You know, veterans, we have TBI, we have depression, we have anxiety, you know, and we're just, we're just doing our best that we, like you said, like I'm just doing what I think is right. Yeah. No, but that's important. You know, when I hired uh, Pat, Pat Lynch, who's kind of our VP of mission and operations, Mm -hmm. you know, he, he came to me, he's like, I don't have any background in business. I was like, perfect. (laughs) I was like, I'm not looking for any of that crap. I've been surrounded by people that on paper look great have skill sets, they're specialists, whatever mm-hmm. they do. And you know what that comes with? That comes with a lot of, and, and I'm not bagging on any, you know, huge groups of people, but a lot of times it comes with this expectation or entitlement of, I need this. And if I don't have it exact, I'm like, look, if you want that, go work for the Fortune 500 exactly. company. And you'll get all that. Like we're but trying you know to make what? something happen. Yeah, here. like we're trying to do something here. Mm-hmm. If you just want to be the guy that wears the, that has the bumper sticker that says you work for the big organization that, trust me, when you're on vacay, they don't miss you. You're not doing anything. You know what I mean? Like if you're trying to really do something, um, at the end of the day, and I tell, I tell Pat this, um, I tell Paige who handles our marketing. I was like, look, we just have to be able to feel good about ourselves and what we're doing. Mm -hmm. People are going to shit on you no matter what you do. And they're going to build you up. They love the story of like, Hey, you're just a new person. And then like, Oh, but then you get too big. They're going to tear you down. Right. But what's important is, do you feel good about yourself? Do you feel good about what people that you actually value those those friends you know that have been loyal and all that what they're saying about you right do you mm-hmm. feel good about your community and the ones you're giving back to that's all that's important did you ever have anyone like come at you like like why are you doing jerky bro like jerky like yeah everybody like <laughs> everybody you know it depends right like everyone that knows me knows i think a little bit differently mm-hmm. from the standpoint of a little bit more contrarian. Um, and I always play devil's advocate. Like if I'm with my friends on the left, I'm pitching the right position. Yeah. If I'm with my friends on the right, I'll shed some light on stuff's going on, on the left. Yeah, exactly. Right. Cause I think most of us are in the middle actually. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, you know, my friends in tech are always like that. That's what you're doing right now. Yeah. 
But a lot of them appreciate it because they're like, man, I wish I can get out of this thing, right? I wish I could just kind of transition into something that was right. like I can feel, I can touch. You could see somebody making something over there. And it's not like you like gave up technology. You still have to put technology into the process and yeah. the business. Like so, yeah. And the but it's just a different technology, like a different yeah. And thing. you know, to do to run any small business, I think, I think a lot of people um, admire anyone that starts their own business and take risk. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, that is kind of the American dream. Right. And, you know, and when I was in Silicon Valley in San Francisco, the, the thing I appreciate is instead of like, if you failed at whatever you started, nobody really looked at you and be like, oh man, that's guy failed. They yeah. always looked at you as like, he had the balls to do it. They had the balls to do it. And you know what? That just means you're one shot closer to making it because all that stuff you failed at, mm -hmm. you learned so much, you know? And if you have the courage to come back and give it another go, you know what I mean? They actually look at that as a badge of honor. You know, and in the military is the same thing, mm -hmm. right? It was like, dude, just fail. Oh, let me, own Tr it. Trust me. Yeah, own it. I, That's the biggest thing. Just I own failed pre ranger because I was not prepared. Yeah, I thought I could like I passed the PT test, but I didn't pass the standard, the seventeen twenty one standard. It was my run, dude. They didn't give a shit. It was like you, if you were over a second, over a minute. Yeah. Oh, there was no. Okay, yeah, we, you you'll probably pass the five mile run tomorrow. No, there was none of that. Like I went down there unprepared. I mean, and, and it's my fault. It comes down to me. Like I should have said, I'm not ready. Yeah. But I didn't want to disappoint anybody. So I said, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. You know, and, and go down there and you, and you think I, I, I can do this. It's a PT test, but man, you get down there and it's a lot of pressure for that PT test because it's <laughs> a fucking ranger school. You're trying to get right. a ranger school. I'm trying to get my ranger tab and, and I fail and I have to drive all the way back home <laughs> yeah. to Fort Bragg from Vinning to Fort Bragg. And, Dude, I, I, it was like it was like someone kicked my dog. I was crying that that bad. I mean, I cried for probably like not a mostly home, but like a good about a minute, like about a for a good minute, you know? Because yeah. it's like first of all, like I let myself down. I let my my detachment down. I let you know. I just felt like I let everybody down. I get back home and then I look at it. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it, man. Hey, I, at least I tried. Yeah. And then you know, and then in jump master school, I failed that twice. Before I, I got my goes, you know what I mean? So it's like, I know what, how failing feels like. So it's like when I get out that win, it's even sweeter, you know, a little bit more sweeter For because sure. it's like, yo, I did it. I finally did it. And then, and after you get it, it doesn't matter how many times you fail. Like nobody remembers now, that. You know, no one remembers yeah. that. So a failure, I tell people fear and for, not for everyone, for me, um, it's everything. Yeah. It's that chip that it scares the crap out of me. Mm -hmm. I don't mind failing, but I don't want to go through it and know. Hey, I, I failed and I didn't give it a right shot. I, right. you know, all this other stuff where there's all these built-in excuses, you know? Um, and I took the same approach when I jumped into this. I'm like, Hey, I'll go down in a, you know, yeah, <laughs> in flames. That's fine. Yeah. But I'm going to go out swinging. Yep. I'm going to give it everything I got. Um, I attack entrepreneurship with the same mindset that I showed up on the team. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be here for 20 years on this team, mm -hmm. but I'm here now. Yeah. I know what I signed up for. I'm ready to get after it right now. That's like how, like when I like, you know, when you're in the army, you go to these TDYs and you, you go to these, uh, you know, missions and stuff like that. It's like, I made sure like I lived there, you know, I didn't say like I was on, I just was there for like a couple of weeks. Yeah. Like, no, it's like, I immersed myself in there. I lived there. Like I was a resident of right. A, you know? And I think people, they, they lose the sight of like, they're just there just to get it over with. Yeah. yeah. I'm there. I mean, Sorry. I want to, I want that process. I mean, I want to see what happens. I want to, I want to find out if I can do it or not or learn something from it, you know? So 
That's what I did. Every time I went somewhere and did something, I made sure I immersed myself into it. Yeah, it's the so, only it's the only way to do it, to yeah. be honest. Because if you you can fake it and you can get it on your resume, and you can get it on your skill set, mm -hmm. and and that'll get you through all the algorithms that says, oh, this guy could be on this team because he has this qualification. But at the end of the day, you show up and you don't know your job, you don't yeah. know what you're doing, yeah. or you're not fully a hundred percent committed. And look, I, I had this when I when I got out, I actually did the guard for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And it was a Texas guard and they kind of recruited me, you know, I had it, you know, my reputation was good coming out of active mm -hmm. duty, but my mindset was like, you know, and, and I, the expectation was, you know, most of these guys were still doing, whether they were doing, um, you know, stuff at the border, whether they were doing secret service, you know, they were all doing oh, yeah. DHA, you know, they were all doing cool stuff, DAA, all this stuff. And I was like, I'm in an office in San Francisco. Like this is a pain in the ass for me to get out here mm -hmm. and I'm not hundred percent committed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And, and I had to come to that realization myself, which is like, Hey, that's not who I am anymore. And if you're not going to put a hundred percent into doing something, you shouldn't be doing it on either side. Cause I'm cheating both sides right yeah. now, you know? And I, and I ended up leaving and I was like, look, I, I know myself. And, and I've, I, like I said, I, the fear part's real for me. I'm like, I, I believe this. I'm not talented enough or good enough to do something at like 50%. I'm just not. Yeah. You know what I mean? If that's I was. That's how I feel too. Yeah. Like, 100%. You know what I mean? Whether I am or I'm not, yeah. I, I, it scares the death out of me to be like, I fail, but but I fail because I was only given a 50%. Nobody gives a shit. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like just work harder, yep. right? So if I give 100% and I'm all in, my track record's pretty good. And if I fail, I fail. You yeah. know what I mean? But I'll move on with those new learning experiences. I'll take that. Um, it's not going to make me trigger happy to try something else. And I'm going to take everything I learned failing and I'm going to hopefully give myself a better probability yeah. of success the next go around. So where do you see kind of, you know, you have your challenges right now with like distribution. You want to, you know, distribute, get into all, all these like stores, like where do you see like in five years, like how do you see the, the brand, the company, do you see it? Like, do you see different product lines coming out? Like how do you envision like your, your five-year plan or whatever? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, to start out with, like you said, I want to get on the shelves. I want to establish a brand, which is a veteran owned company out of Montana. Mm -hmm. Like I want that to be like that, that brand, you know, that brand equity by itself um, and everything that goes with that meaning giving back to the community. We're positive influence and everything else. Once I'm on the shelves, there's opportunity to add new product lines, um, everything from meat sticks, all this other stuff to get on the shelves. But I really want to separate uh, the, the wholesale piece of it, getting on the shelves at, you know, grocery stores, convenience stores, all that, um, from the e-commerce side of things and mm -hmm. the e-commerce side of things, you know, we do apparel too, but I struggle. I'm like, you know, does anybody want to buy t-shirts from a jerky right. company? Right. Like you really have to build what is the lifestyle you're doing and, and everything else. But I still want to go back to the original idea we had, which is, look, I believe in, I've met so many ranchers. I've met so many people in Montana that are in the meat business that are getting the short end of the stick because, you know, when they auction off, uh, they're hurt. It has to go across state lines, all this other stuff. And if I can get back into that and just working with these three families and, and everything else, there's an opportunity to do, whether it's meat boxes or mm -hmm. anything else, right? Like to me, that experience of that lifestyle and, and look, if you like red meat, I want Anthem to be part of that. Right. Yeah. And with that, you can get subscriptions and that's just a different offering than buying just jerky. Oh yeah. Right. And now it's a stickier, um, product, which has subscription bases, which then if you add a bag of jerky, good. You know, I also want to do, I, I want to figure out how to work with other veteran owned businesses that offer products mm -hmm. and how to fit that into what we're doing. You know, whether it's 
look, there's a lot of coffee companies out there, veteran owned, that, but, but just anything, right? Um, I'm agnostic a, a, across the field of whatever, whatever else is out there. Mm -hmm. If we're doing outdoor lifestyle stuff and, you know, we get into whether you get brand ambassadors or we're selling you experiences on just like camping or mm -hmm. hiking or, you know, we, we have one, um, charity that does the Mount Kilimanjaro, you know, they did it last year. I'm hopefully going to do it with them this year. You know, any of those stuff will guess what that experience requires oh, yeah. goods and services. Mm -hmm. And I don't offer those goods and services. So let me, I don't even want to private label or brand what those do. I just want to say, Hey, here's another veteran owned company doing amazing things. Oh yeah. You should take a look at their products and services. Yep. Right. And I want to do that on the website with profiles. Like we were talking about, I want to tell the stories and we do a little bit with this on the, uh, the nonprofit side, but I want to tell the stories, the actual men and women behind these organizations that are doing the work mm -hmm. at the nonprofit level. I want to tell the stories of veteran owned businesses, like, you know, what you guys yep. are doing, like, you know, how, what's your story? how did we get exactly. here? Exactly. Right. That, cause everyone has a story, man. Like Everybody's everyone, like you, you go out, to the middle of like in the middle of Heber city, you go to the grocery store, right? And you talk to one person and I guarantee they have a good story. At least something that happened in their life. That was like yeah. very interesting. And dude, and I like when I was in, like we did this trip, I, we did this trip to uh, DC and it was like during like national week or something like that. And it was, we had our own tent. It was like Psyop Rangers, 160th green berets. Right. It was like kind of dog, dog and pony show up on the lawn, national lawn. And, um, we we got up there and it it was a great time. I was there representing my country, you know, my the military, and then it, it was just the weirdest experience because you're up there, you're you're at the the capital. You know, what I mean, there's a lot of history right. there. You got the the memorials, you have all this stuff there, and you. What, where, was I, where was I going with this? <laughs> what are we talking about? We're talking about just kind of that feeling you get of working with veteran-owned businesses. Oh yeah, so working with veteran-owned businesses, like so, you got all of these people, and and you're walking around, and like you have military people, veterans, you have the politicians, you know, all these people. And I like looked around. This is like 2004, 2003, I think this was. Right. And I'm looking around. I'm like, man, I got this idea. I was like. I wonder if I could just go up to everybody, ask them what their story was, and just start and just start collecting these stories yeah. and make something out of it. Well, I just, you know, obviously it was just an idea. It left and it went away. <laughs> then all of a sudden, you're seeing like humans of New York, yeah, and it's like the same thing. I'm like, damn it, yeah, yeah. But I love getting like you know people's stories. Like 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 right now, I'm getting your story, and this story will be forever. Like right. we're like I look at it like Fieldcraft and we do these podcasts. It's like yeah, everyone has their podcast. You go on the Apple iTunes yeah. and like a million podcasts are out there. But I look at it as like, you know, these people doing these podcasts are like the historians, man. Like we're collecting your story and it will always be there. You, right. can, you can, you know, you give it, show it to your family, show it to your friends. Like, hey, here's the link. Check it out. You know, and, you know, and, and I think people will get, they'll learn. Then they'll, then, you know, then they'll educate themselves by Googling Anthem.com and Anthem Snacks or Anthem.com. Anthem Snacks. AnthemSnacks.com. So all this little stuff like that, I, it's just, I love helping and building and, and seeing what happens. So no, it's important, especially in our community, because mm -hmm. I, I think um, I always tell people, I don't care. Like we already talked about what side of the political aisle you're on, but luckily, at least right now, veterans and the military are still a nonpartisan issue. Mm -hmm. And we, I think have a very unique voice because we understand it from both sides. 
And at the end of the day, we come from a, you know, and there's a lot of people that are patriotic or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But you, you literally signed up to protect the values and freedoms of this country and yeah. what you believe in. And I think it's important that that extends to products and services mm -hmm. that are offered in the marketplace. And it's important that, you know, in, in our small community to help others kind of get off the ground with their ideas, tell their stories, because our stories are just as valuable as the other mm -hmm. stories that are getting told. It's just, you know, we don't have the same amplification That's all. and the same notoriety and everything else, mm -hmm. right? But if you can get the content piece right, if you have a compelling story and you offer good products or services, there's oh, yeah. no reason you shouldn't win in the marketplace. And that's like, too. you know, you, you look at the guys that are in this, uh, like the veterans that are in this space and they're doing things like, like Mike Glover, yep. Tim Kennedy, Andy Stump, uh, Chad Robichaud. You got, you know, you got Jacko or J uh, Jocko. Jocko. You know, you got all these veterans that are, they're influencers, man. And they're, and they're out there and they're, and they're spreading that word for us and getting that information out. And, and I love about the veteran community is like, like we're putting us, each other on. Yeah. Like I'm putting you on my podcast. You're going to go on his podcast. We're going to do this, this, uh, little content together and everyone supports each other, which is great. Like I just met, like I met Jack Carr recently. Yeah. Um, I met, um, he works for uh, black ruffle coffee. Evan. I, I met, I met Evan. Um, Oh my God. I'm Logan. No, I forget his name. Uh, it's terrible. I, I do that. It's just my brain, but I meet all these cool veteran guys that are in the space and they're influencers and, and you meet them and they're just like, they're just like us, man. They're just wanting yeah. to do something good. You know, it's not that they have, they're like, they have some superpowers, it's just that they can, they can talk to people, they can engage and they can get their, their ideas out. And people are like, Oh, I can, I, I I'm down with that. You know? And that, I love that about, you know, our community. when I, when I talk to, friends of mine and I'd say like wherever you are on the political spectrum it's clear uh <laughs> who's winning kind of the cultural piece of this yeah everything from academia to media to social media to entertainment it's clear yeah and, and it's because they tell better stories yeah and right? I think a lot of the veterans too have an advantage of I've worked with every race every creed that's right I, no, I, I've had to deal with you know deaths I had to deal with suicide I had to deal with births that you know no, marriages right. uh, you know but all this stuff that's what puts us in a unique position right because you know they are clearly winning on the storytelling piece and, mm -hmm. and what's what's resonating out there um but that's because but anyone that's not like them they're painting as a different picture i think our you know voice is very unique because we're agnostic across everything i don't I, I never looked at anything except can you do the job yeah you're on the are team you? and and you're and you've been through adversity so i've seen I've seen what you are mm -hmm. when we're kind of at our worst. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've seen what I've seen the level of preparation. I've seen all these things about you, um, which that's a unique voice that is compelling and I think resonates with a lot of Americans as well, right? So the question is, how do we get that story out? Right. And our community, like you said, getting on each other's podcasts, doing all this stuff, is really important. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important. So if you can go back to the eighteen-year-old Nate, <laughs> and you can give yourself a word of advice, you know, no secrets, you can't give any secrets out, yeah. but just something to be like, Hey, keep this in mind. What would that thing be? Oh man. I, I think it, I think it would be what you said. Who gives a shit what people say about you? Mm -hmm. Right. The only, the only thing that matters is, uh, what those around you think, you know, my dad gave me this piece of advice a long time ago. He was like, look, you can count your real friends on your hand mm -hmm. and it's not everyone that shows up to your party. It's everyone that stays behind and helps clean. Yes. Right. And so even though I kind of had, and I was told that, you don't think that because when you're 18, yeah. you know, it's a big difference between 18 and 21, I learned a lot, but 18, 
you're still trying to like get the job. You're still trying to trying convince to people who you are and, and you're yeah. learning about yourself. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. that process in learning about yourself and trying to get that acceptance or whatever it is, there's times where I don't even want to say you compromise who you are because I don't feel like I ever compromise who I are. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know who I was. Right. Right. You're too young. You haven't experienced enough to know truly who you are. So somebody's feeding you whether it's ideologies or whatever. And you're just yeah. like, Oh, that's maybe that could be me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but who cares? Yeah. The, like the, the best comeback I think sometimes is like, okay. Like, yeah, no, that's it. <laughs> okay. That's it. And, and I, that's what I'm saying from 18 to 21, it didn't take me the next 20 to figure right. it out, but it seemed like every year I was like, and, yep. and okay. so, okay. And then it slowly got into, you know, who, who you started to, you know, to become. And, when I showed up to a team, it's never like I, I didn't care what I thought. I also cared, right? right? Yeah. But it was it was mostly about like, okay, I care what people think because they know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. It's not because I'm trying to be popular right now. Yeah, exactly. You know, like they know what they're doing. I'm trying to be a sponge and prove myself and show not only to them but prove myself to me. You know what I mean? And and it's okay to be that person and so, you know soaking all that up, right? Mm -hmm. But along the way, just to care less. That's yeah, honestly yeah. the best thing you could do. Yep. Care less because you'll be original, you'll be really who you are. You should, mm -hmm. and I, I change my position based on facts all the time. Oh yeah, I mean, it's the thing, I, you stop taking something that people say like four, five years ago, 10 years ago, yeah. even like a year ago, you can't hold people to what they just said like three or four years ago. No. People grow, people learn, people educate themselves all the time. Like, stop it. Like, yeah. give people benefit of the doubt. We're all, we're all human, we make mistakes, man. Like. And if you're making like fucked up mistakes, then yeah, you you deserve whatever comes to you. But the, in the end, if you're just if you just misread or misquoted or just weren't educated, just being ignorant. Yeah, that's I it. call it stop. Just your ignorance. Just yeah. that ignorance comes out. It happens to everybody. I tell people like, if I as long as I think your intentions were good, mm -hmm. right, and and you didn't have like some nefarious reasons for what you were doing. Oh yeah, we're all here to learn. We're all here to get better. Yeah. You know what I mean? And. The, the red flags are the people that immediately start judging be like, oh, well, it's like, well, the fact that you think that lets me know yeah. <laughs> you, where your character's at, uh -huh. you know what I mean? Exactly. Because if you think you have yours all buttoned up and you've got it all figured out by 18, you know, I'm you'd sorry, be the first, yeah. you know what I mean? And I, I guarantee it probably means you didn't take risk. Yep. It probably means you weren't trying to do like some really good shit out there. Oh yeah. So. So Nate, it's been a great, this has been a great conversation. Like. Yeah, I appreciate it, awesome. man. It's been awesome to kind of see so what you guys have going on Where can on people find you? Um, how can they get in touch with you? How can they buy the jerky? Listen, everyone listening out here in the uh, in podcast world, the jerky's legit. It's it's good. It's good protein. It's a good snack. It's good food. Check it out, man. Buy a bag and let me know. <laughs> but yeah, where can we get, give me yeah, everything? The, the best the best way to find us is anthemsnacks.com. Uh, the website is kind of where we do everything. Uh, even if you're looking to do wholesale, we have a portal on there so you can kind of sign up and then we'll get you as a wholesale customers. Other than that, we're working really hard. Uh, we have some exciting stuff I can't announce right now, but we have some exciting stuff where we're hopefully going to be in a store near you. We're trying to go nationwide and we're nice. trying to do this in a, you know, a manner that makes sense where we can scale accordingly and, and make sure we, we meet the demand. Uh, and then obviously try to uh, follow us on at Anthem Snacks on IG or on Facebook. Those are pretty much the two big, big things. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, there's a, you know, you could do hello at Anthem Snacks. Everything's on the website essentially. So nice. just, uh, yeah, look us up there. Definitely get some jerky, get some apparel. And then, um, yeah, hopefully good things on the horizon this year. And where can they find you? I'm at N Kuhana, 
But like you were saying, I've never done social media. Yeah. So good luck. You know, if you, <laughs> if you, if you hit me up, I, I may check that thing once a year. So maybe I'll get better about it. Everyone keeps telling me I need to do, I need to do social media, but it was the one thing I never did. Uh, the only thing I did was LinkedIn, which you can just find me at yeah. Nacon, but who cares about that? So well, yeah. Nate, thank you so much for having or for having us on. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show. And uh, yeah, just take, uh, yeah, everybody, anthemsnacks.com. Yeah, thank I appreciate you. it. It's been awesome being here. All right. See you guys later.